Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Lycoma. If you are visiting with us, thank you for being here today. Hopefully, stay around so that we can get to know you a little bit better. And youth group, thank you again for last night. It was awesome. It was a joy to be there. Thank you, Abby and Austin and everybody else. Let's give those guys a good hand, a big hand. So thank you all very much. Appreciate all you all did. Uh, today, I want to discuss a topic that is kind of delicate and kind of sensitive. Not that it's a sensitive topic or anything like that, but just because I think over the past two years, whether it's political, whether it's a pandemic and everything that went along with that, I think what has risen kind of within all of us is this, this, uh, the way that our speech is toward one another. And I want to address that today and just uh, talk about that and do that because my objective, my objective for this morning is to remind us of the Lake Homa standard, and that standard is to be like Christ. And that includes, that includes how we talk to one another, our speech, and how we uh, use our mouths. And so, I want to talk about that. Before we do that, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. God, as we come before you this morning, I pray that you will guide and be with us as we talk about the things that we say. Lord, we're all guilty, every single one of us, of saying things we, that hurt people, saying things that are incorrect, saying things that we probably should keep quiet. All of us are guilty of doing those things. And Lord, we're sorry for that. We want to be different. We want to be a different people. We want to be a place that is loving and kind and that can talk to one another in a loving and kind way. So be with us as we study today. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so the one thing I was saying that I really want to kind of go back on just a second is when I'm talking about speech, when I'm talking about speech, I'm talking about the words that actually come out of our mouths, yes, but I'm also talking about any type of speech that comes out of here, out of us, which means that's writing, that's texting, that's any form of email, that's Facebook, whatever. That's conversation. That's speech. And so we're talking about that in general. When we're talking about anything that comes out of our mouth, that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I'm not just talking about just saying it, just speaking it, I'm saying that that is also true of what we write down as well. And remember our goal, remember our goal again, is maturity in Christ. That's the goal that we have set uh, for ourselves. We want to look like Christ. And I'll go back to the, the passage that we've read before <clears throat> in this series, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 through 29, and it says this, He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Our maturity, our maturity in Christ, our maturity in Christ is evident, is evident by the use of our tongue by the use of our speech, by the use 
of our communication. It is evident to everybody if we are mature in Christ or not. And what Paul is trying to do for all of us, he's saying, my job, my job as an apostle is to help you be mature in Christ. And I will do that strenuously, whatever it takes to do that. And I believe that's where our elders are. I believe that's where your ministers are. I believe that's where the teachers are and your deacons are and everyone here that we all want to strenuously work toward being mature in Christ. Okay, I need you to look up a passage of Scripture. It's not going to be on the screen. It's the only one that's not going to be up there today. I'd like you to look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. In talking about our words, Jesus says this, and I'm only going to read the first part of that Scripture. He says this, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. What comes out of the mouth, whether that's written, whether that's spoken, whatever it is, what comes out of the mouth, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Now remember, we talked about those, those, uh, those things. We talked about the mind. We talked about the heart. We talked about the soul. We talked about the will. We've talked about all of this, and it's really all of those form who you are and who I am and who we are as a people of God. Our speech, our speech is important in that. Listen to what Jesus says. These are Jesus' words. I'm going to pepper you today with a lot of scriptures. I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture. And the reason is, is I don't want these to be my words. I need to hear these as well. All of us need to hear these. But this is Jesus' words. Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37 on the screen. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Our words, what comes out of our mouth, our words, whether they're spoken or written down, they have eternal consequences. That's hard. It's hard to really think about and hard to really understand that, but that's exactly what Jesus is saying. And we need to be aware of that. In James chapter 1, verse 26 James says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and the religion is worthless. And I don't know about you, but I feel pretty convicted right now just from these two passages that talk about what's going on. And how many of us, how many of us have said words that have been hurtful, harmful, and hateful. How many of us have done that? Well, all of us have. Every single one of us has. And here's what I know about that. I know it grieves the Holy Spirit, and it grieves God Himself. It grieves God Himself when we do that. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the biggest section in the Bible that's talking about the tongue, and that's in James chapter 3. If you want to get your Bibles out, you can, but it's all going to be up here, and I'm going to take some time to stop during it, Maybe make a few comments, but I'm going to read the first, the first 12 verses of chapter 3. Every one of them, okay? And this is just kind of a review to help us understand, help us remember, help us to remember what we're supposed to do with our words in our speech, okay? So here we go. Not many of you should become teachers, my brother, 
For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness because of what comes out of our mouth. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at a ship's also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. In the Imago Dei, the Imago Dei, we curse people who are made in God's image, people we may not know, people we may not even know, but we know that every single person on this earth is made in the image of God, and we ought to treat them as made in the image of God. Verse 10, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Okay, so let's just talk, just talk really quick about some characteristics of the tongue that you see in here. I'm just going to give you five. This is for your outline, so you can write your outline down. Write it on your outline. Here's the first one. It's a fire. It's a fire. How many of us have said something that started a spark that just caused everything to get out of control? Okay? Probably all of us have. Probably all of us at some time or another have actually lit something with our mouth, with our words, with our communication, whatever it is, and it has started a fire, a forest fire, as James talks about in that chapter. Here's the second one. It is a world of unrighteousness. Our tongue is a world of unrighteousness. Number three, a stain that stains the whole body. It may be that you're a a good person. It may be that you're doing great service. It may be that you're doing this or that. But if the tongue, if the tongue is not kept under control, it stains everything else that that person is doing. Whether that's me or whether that's you, it does. And number four, it's a restless evil. Man, how many of us, again, how restless do we get with that tongue? And it says stuff so quickly, doesn't it? So quick. Number five, it's a deadly poison. And I would assume that there are people in this audience today that that have had somebody say something to you 
that caused just a little death in your heart, that caused something that you still carry from that one little phrase that someone said to you that still hurts every single time you think of that. And that's the power of the tongue. Our tongue is, for a male, is about 2.4 ounces. For a female, about 2 ounces. And it's amazing the tongue's power is so out of proportion to its size. Right? It is. All right. James said, these things ought not to be so. Two things, and we're doing really quick together. The first one is blessings and curses from the same mouth. That's what he says. Blessings and curses from the same mouth should not be. And he says, fresh and salt water from the same opening. That can't happen. And so you have these two things. And, it, and when we are doing those things, when we are being blessing on one side, cursing on the other, we're being hypocritical and not true to what Jesus has asked us to do. And in Proverbs 18, verse 21, and this, this hit me real hard, this verse, the tongue has the power of life and death. And every time, every time I say a word, every time I open my mouth, it has the power to lift up and to raise up people, but it also has the power to cause great harm. The power to cause great harm. Okay, so I've got a, a, a working theory, a working theory that I want to throw at you today. As I was going through all this, I said, hmm, this, this I hope is, and so it's a working theory. So you can help me with my theory. If you don't think it's right, I'd love to hear from you. But here's a working theory on all of this. All right, so any of y'all watch HGTV? Any little bit? Some? Okay, I do. Deborah does. We do. Have you ever been on one of those shows that they kind of put you in a workshop and you have to put something together and then you've seen those shows that you go to the workshop and there's like three or four people or five or six or whatever and they're putting something together and then they're going to have to, while they're in there, and then they come out and then they have to make a big reveal, right? And then after the big reveal, what happens? You've got some guys over here on the side that are going to come up and they're going to judge what's there of that big reveal. All right, so that's what, I, that's what I want you to kind of think of. I want you to kind of think of this as kind of that game show, the HGTV. You are in your workshop. So all of us are in our workshop. And the workshop, the workshop, when it comes to, the, comes to our mouth, the workshop first begins here in the mind. And it's in the mind, and remember we talked about the mind. It's in the mind where we think. It's in the mind where we do all of our kind of coming up with things. And so we come up with our beliefs, we come up with our opinions, we come up with our arguments, we come up with our suppositions, we come up with all those, and all those are in the mind. <clears throat> and all the time in the workshop, you have all these tools available to you. You have everything that you can do, and you're also getting input, and you got this input from outside sources that are coming into your workshop. Do this, do that, do this, do that. So all of those things are coming into this workshop so that you can produce this great product that you're hopefully going to reveal to everybody, that everybody's going to say, awesome, and then you get judged on it, and you win, and you win the $50,000, and you go home, right? So that's what it is. So remember, that's what we're working on. This is the mind. This is what is happening in there. And I got that from these passages. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 14, 
It says, the wise store up knowledge. The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. Let me give you another one. A person's ways, his thoughts, his truths, his beliefs, her beliefs, her opinions, whatever they are, their ways seem pure to them. But motives are weighed by the Lord. In other words, this is a place we should be doing the work. Up here is where we do the work. We do the work before we open our mouth and speak. And if we open our mouth and speak, God actually knows the motive behind that because he's in here as well, but he knows the motive behind that. But if you keep it here, there's not a motive yet. And so this is, this is the idea of storing this up and doing the calculations and everything here. Most of us, what do we do? It's hear something, speak something, right? That's where we are. Proverbs 21, verse 2. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. He weighs what's going on inside of us. Okay, so let's say, let's say you were struggling with your project in your workshop, and you, just, you were just struggling to put it together. What if you had a lifeline? What if you had a lifeline to a master craftsman, and he could come in and he could help you in that workshop to get this product that you're going to be reveal and help you do that? Well, we have a master craftsman, don't we? It's the Lord. It's God. Instead of us trying to do this ourselves, we kind of need to go to the master craftsman. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, this is what God says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways, declare, or neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And what's God doing here? God's saying, as the, as the master craftsman, I'm available, just come up here. Come up here. Join me where I am. Join me in those thoughts, my thoughts, because your thoughts are not my thoughts. And the only way we're going to really know God's thoughts is if we go up and are with him and understand him and we spend time with the master craftsman. And I, I, this is not on your outline where you can write it down, but I'd love for you to write this down. And it says this, until we have the mind of God and the thoughts of God, we will never be fluent in the language of God. Let me say that again. Until we have the mind of God and the thoughts of God, we will never be fluent in the language of God. Because in Matthew 12, verses 34 through 35, Jesus says this, You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up. There it is. There's that workshop. Out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in him. And what's our goal? What's our goal? Like Homo standard, what is it? It's to be like Christ. In other words, it's to have the mind of Christ. Okay, so now, so now we get the big reveal. 
and everything comes out of the workshop, and it's right there, and, or it's the house, or whatever it is. You understand what I'm talking about? And you have this big reveal. What does your product look like? How much time do you, did you spend on that product? What does it look like? And a lot of times, a lot of times what happens, I know it's happened to me many, many times, is I didn't spend much time in the workshop before I actually did the reveal, right? That's where most of us are. We don't spend a lot of time in our workshop working through all of these things before we actually, because what happens? What happens is, is that someone says something and we do what? We think very little. We just respond, don't we? We are reactive in all of those things that we do. And it gets us in trouble. It gets us in trouble. Matthew 15, verses 18 through 19. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them, make them morally impure. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. If Paul says this, Ephesians 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. In other words, Paul says, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. Paul says, we have a responsibility to make sure that what comes out of the mouth is wholesome. Because that's what he said. He says, but only, but only. In other words, discern, discern and scrutinize and choose the words that you're going to say before they come out. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. How many of us have heard the saying, and you can, you can complete it. I'll let you complete it. If you can't say anything nice, there you go. We all know that saying. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And there's where we get the judging. And so the judging comes, the judging comes, our product, our words, are our, our given over to the fair and just God, a fair and just God, so that He, He will take what we say and judge them correctly. Now I'm going to go back to Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. Listen to this, because I'm going to add some things. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment, and here's what this word means, an empty word, on the day of judgment for every careless, lazy, useless, without thought, empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, you will be not guilty, and by your words you will be condemned or you will be guilty. And then James 1.26 those who consider themselves religious, in other words, those who are living according to the tenets of their faith, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, curb their tongues, deceive themselves, and the religion is worthless. Okay, so this next verse, you can go ahead and put it up there, Greg. This next verse is Psalm 34, verse 13. It was a, it, for our kids, and as we were growing up, we had... Sorry, I'm going to date myself. We had scripture tapes that were in song, okay? So, Steve Green, 
I don't know if you know who he is. His singer, he had kids, kids tapes that we could put in there. And I love this song because our kids love this song. Because the second time through, you got to hold your tongue. You got to hold your tongue. The first time, keep your tongue from evil, keep your tongue. Keep your tongue from evil, keep your tongue. And your lips from speaking, even though this is telling, and your lips from speaking lies. And that's all it was. Just that little tune over and over. But our kids love to hold their tongues and actually sing this song. But it also was a good reminder in holding your tongue while you're singing that verse. Kind of reminds you that you got to keep control of your tongue. Keep control of your tongue. Okay, so here's some principles of speech. These are all from James. You can write them down. These are all from James. There are many, many more principles of speech throughout the Scriptures. I'm just going to give you the ten that are in James and in that letter. So here they are. The first one is this. We'll go through these quick. Ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Seek that guidance from above. Here's the second one. Be quick to hear and slow to answer. How many of us need to actually stop before we say anything? In other words, slow down. Slow down. I mean, for Deborah and I, this is, this, is, this is good for me. I need that one. Okay? All of us do, probably between husbands and wives, and even between our kids and each other. Here's the third one. C. Speak as one who will be judged. Think. Think before we speak. D. Resist quarrelsome words. You know, there's a time when we can just let it go. We don't have to come back. We can just let it go. E, never speak evil of another. If you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. F, don't boast in one's accomplishment. Why? Because pride goes before destruction. Pride goes before destruction. G, do not grumble. Do not complain. H, pray for one another. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those that are close to you. And then I, speak words of restoration to another when one wanders from the truth. And the, the epistle James drives, drives home, he drives home a point. And that point is, that our maturity is, the, is evident, and I've already said it once, but our maturity is evident by the use of our tongues. By the use of our tongues. In our maturity, we are supposed to be mature in Christ. That was the first passage we read in Colossians chapter 1. It was the memory verse that Austin read to us today. I'll leave you with this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may, re- may receive what is, what is due us for the things well done in the body. Now remember, that is, this passage I could get over and over and over from Jesus himself. While our deeds done in the body. That's why it's so important right here to when we are thinking and, talk and, and doing that work in the workshop. That's why it's so important. If we can keep it here. Because you go back and forth in your minds. We go, yeah, but if I say this, or if I don't say that, but if I do this, if I don't do that, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what the workshop is for. That's what the mind is for. 
But once it comes out of the mouth, the motives and everything of what we've said, what we've written, what we've done, it will be on full display and it will be judged. That's what it says. So that each of us may receive what is due for the things while done in the body, whether good or bad. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with your speech and you want to talk to one of our elders or pray with them, please spend some time with them. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do that today. And I want you to, I want you to do this. I want you to think about these things this week. Let's stand and sing.